Welcome to the Galaxy Beyond Podcast, where we discuss science fiction and whatever we can tie into science fiction. We talk science fiction in animation, in live action films, novels, comic books, video games, music, and other places. Send your questions and or show suggestions to james at thegalaxybeyond.com. Today's episode is Farscape. So this episode was intended to be our pilot episode. I rewatched the first episode in the first season of Farscape and fully intend on making it all the way through the four seasons. Along with the miniseries. Again, uh, that miniseries was called The Peacekeeper Wars. That wrapped up the show. Uh, It was an epic show. In its original run on the Sci Fi Channel, I didn't really catch it. I must have been watching something else or at a time in my life where I wasn't watching much television at all. I vaguely remember it even being on air. But somehow after all four seasons and the miniseries had aired, I discovered it in its entirety and became an instant fan. It was a totally weird show. If it wasn't, it probably wouldn't have held my interest. The show follows John Crichton, an astronaut that goes into space for a test flight, but his spacecraft gets pulled into a wormhole. This wormhole takes him who knows how many light years away from Earth, or I guess it would be in another dimension. His spacecraft gets pulled aboard a ship which initially held a crew of four. But over time, the ship gains and loses members along the way. Commander Crichton is met with some species of whatever, none of which are human. A couple of them are very nasty to him at first. I mentioned none of the members were humans, but I mean Aaron soon could pass for a human. But she really isn't a human. Those who have seen the show know why. Now before he gets pulled pulled on the ship, there was a collision. If you blink, you'll miss it. That initializes the first big antagonist of the show. I would say there were three main antagonists over the course of the show. Captain Bialar Crace is the first one. It's been a while since I've seen the series. I've recently, as I mentioned, I recently started to watch it again. Uh, So far, I've only watched the first season, or not the first season, the first episode. For the first, for the, I guess maybe the second time. This show, this show was the last show I saw that uses the work of 
the Jim Henson Company. You know Jim Henson. His company created Sesame Street, Labyrinth, Muppets. Most recently, the company produced the Happy Time Mur Murders. By the way, that movie looks hilarious, but I haven't seen it yet. Later in the show, Crichton remains a member of the crew and becomes captain of the ship even. Let's explore that for a minute. How does some scientist from a whole other dimension who initially is met with much disdain become the captain of your ship? I think first he does have the qualities to be a ship captain, obviously. Then he displays loyalty to the rest of the crew, which would make it easier to accept him to lead the way. Even with his internal battle of needing to get back to his home and being hunted by the most dangerous beings in that realm, he was always able to get back on track. As I mentioned before, Crichton instantly made enemies. Bylar Crace became his enemy because of the death of his brother in that crash I mentioned earlier. Scorpius is his enemy for his work he for the wormhole wormhole knowledge that uh, that Crichton possessed and Commandant Graza for the same. She wanted that wormhole knowledge as well. More on her later. And then there was the war minister Akna. She also wanted the wormhole knowledge. And just because she was a psychopath. Uh, he had made a whole host of other enemies. Most of them just saw opportunity. Scorpius presented the best enemy because he literally got into John Crichton's head with a neurochip. Even though it wasn't that long ago when the show aired, I think even then it was a simpler time. Some things get more and more complex. Generally, people don't change. What do I mean? Watching this show, I was bound to find find my eyes glued to certain characters on the show. First was Aaron Soon, portrayed by Claudia Black. She has jet black hair, although she's dyed it blonde in recent years. And she had a tough, tough persona, the character of Aaron Soon. I couldn't help but stare. I think it'd be cool to talk to her and listen to her sultry Australian accent. And I almost forgot, she does voiceovers for animated films like Justice League, Doom, and Strange Frame, Love and Sax, and a ton of video games like Mass Effect 2, Gears of War 3 and 4, and Call of Duty. Infinite Warfare, and several more. I haven't really played video games since I was a teen, but just the fact that she's not a 
one dimensional as an actress and she obviously enjoys doing voiceovers in addition to on-camera acting. Alright, next is Virginia Hayes. She played the character of Zahn and she's an interesting person to look at. I mean, she was blue the whole time, right? Interestingly enough, I hadn't seen Mad Max Road Warrior until maybe a year or so before I saw Farscape for the first time. She was just as stunning in Farscape as she was nearly 20 years before that. That doesn't happen often. She left the show after the third season. I reckon that the paint was taking its toll. Moving on, there are only two other actresses on the show that caught my eye. Well, three. Melissa Jane Cook, she played Delina Reynes. Rayleigh Hill, she played Sputnik. And Commandant Greza played by Rebecca Riggs. Lord have mercy. I really don't know what it was about her, but good Lord. I love seeing her on screen. She wanted the wormhole technology badly and was willing to do very bad things to get it. If she was trying to get it from me, I'd probably fold like a cardboard. Nah. I'd have to hold out and trick her into getting close to me. Then maybe I could hypnotize her. You really don't want the wormhole technology. You want to promote me from a person that's about to be executed to someone who can get her something better than wormhole technology. Yes, I mean, I'm worth more alive than dead, right? As fans of the show, you'll be excited to hear the showrunners of Farscape, Rockneus, Bannon, and Brian Henson are working on a continuation of it. It will most likely be in the form of a feature film. Personally, I'd like to get I'd like to see another series with upgraded effects. Or would they even use CGI in lieu of its bread and butter? practical effects and prosthetics. I think they can combine both. Whatever fits the budget. That would be fantastic, fantastic to get a full feature film. I would definitely be, re be a, it would definitely be a relatively small film as far as box office numbers because it would probably only appeal to hardcore fans of the show. Let's dig a little deeper into wormholes. What are they exactly? A wormhole is defined as a theoretical passage through space-time that could create shortcuts for long distances across the universe. I guess it can go short distances as well, but I'm not sure how useful that would be. So it's like a moving sidewalk except much faster. Working with Nathan Rosen on the theory, he and Al Albert Einstein proposed that wormholes 
or bridges in space-time. They became known as Einstein-Rosen bridges. I describe it as an entrance and an exit through a tunnel sending objects from one dimension to another dimension. It takes a lot of study in math and science to even know the details of how wormholes work. I actually prefer the term Einstein-Rosen bridges, but I get why it's called a wormhole, essentially for brevity. What if you ended up in a wormhole? Where would you want to end up? Would you even want to be in a wormhole, even if it meant you would arrive on the other side safe and unharmed? Actually, finding an Einstein-Rosen bridge has proven to be extremely difficult. If I'm not mistaken, one has never been found. Even if it has, was it ever tested? What would actually happen? Didn't Dr. Arroway go through a wormhole and back? I'm only a novice on this stuff, but I'd say the chances of making it back at all are slim to not a chance in the world, much less making it back within 18 hours. Well, let's dive a little deeper. Let's start with finding the first wormhole. It's agreed upon that it would be extremely difficult to find. If one was found and traveled through, how will the body be affected? Not knowing the answers to these questions is the best reason to simulate it first. Send a construction of some sort, a robot, android, or whatever, into the abyss. Finding a wormhole. I wonder if there are astrophysicists actively looking for wormholes. I'm sure there are. I know it's difficult to find. Like trying to find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Would it be easier to create one? Hmm. Will we need to find one first? Is the theoretical information we have enough to recreate one? As it turns out, a wormhole can be created, but this one isn't the kind that Einstein-Rosen theorized. This is a magnetic wormhole that hides electromagnetic waves from being seen from the outside as published in a study by Jordy Pratt-Kent in the Journal of Scientific Reports. This wormhole could one day aid MRI scanning by placing a strong magnet far away, thus making the MRI experience less claustrophobic. Very interesting stuff. I think it is being researched more and maybe they can find other uses for the discovery. But can the Einstein-Rosen bridge be built? I think one day it can be. Maybe some mad scientists are working on it right now. Once one can be recreated, 
It would need to be tested, of course. Unless some brave astronaut wants to go inside it at the risk of getting lost forever or disintegrated into billions of particles. The scientists would use a robot of some kind that can be monitored over great distances. You know, many, many light years away. So back to Farscape. Uh, in the show, Scorpius and Grazo wanted to know what Commander Crichton knew about wormholes. Scorpius went as far as to burrow into Crichton's head to get it. Grazo used more of a torture technique. But Crichton knew that he couldn't let either one of them get a hold of the technology because who knows to what end they would use it. They could travel to almost anywhere and terrorize any planet. Maybe even destroy said planets. I guess that's some people's idea of fun. If you haven't seen Farscape, I highly recommend it. It is worth the binge or however long it'll take you to watch it. If you have Amazon Prime, all four seasons are available. And I think the Peacekeeper Wars is available as well. I would very much like to watch the whole thing again myself. It is just that good. Usually it's hard for me to like a show such as this or, or watch it all the way through its run. This is one of the few I enjoyed the whole way through. Alright, that is it for this episode of The Galaxy Beyond. If you like our show, we ask that you support it with what you can. It helps us keep the, keep the lights on. In the future, we'll have the Galaxy Beyond virtual store with apparel and other knickknacks for you to represent. So, that will do it for this episode. Remember, enjoy the fiction of science and find it where you can. Until next time, Beyonder.